Hi, fam. Welcome back to The Gay Gasp, <gasps> a spooky podcast. <laughs> I love that as I'm literally about to record this, this is when my son, Bottle, decides to roll around and start making all the noises and sneezes. But that's okay because he's so handsome. Oh my God, dude, you were literally dead asleep for the last hour and now we're deciding to roll around? Y'all, I've missed doing this show so much. I'm your host, Elena, and thank you for coming back to the Gay Gas Podcast. We took a very long break, and who's to say we don't take a break in the future because life is hard and sometimes shit happens, and I love listening to podcasts. I love the community that it creates. But for me, doing a show for myself, like having myself talk, I'm like, nope, I'm good. There's other things that I could be doing versus just like talking into the void. And now that I'm doing the show by myself, sounds and seems really fucking terrifying because who the fuck wants to listen to what I have to say about anything gay or anything spooky? But if you made it this far, that makes me believe that you want to listen to these things and it has nothing to do with me talking about them. It has to do with me bringing these fun facts to life because podcasts for me mean two things. It means one, learning something that I didn't already know. And I'm not saying they have to be like an educational podcast where I'm like really bettering myself. It just has to do with fun, creepy things that I like want to learn about and I had just no idea. So I love learning things from podcasts, but I also love not feeling alone. I'm the kind of person who, uh, wow, I'm already like tearing up. I'm the kind of person that has a lot of struggles. I feel like outwardly I can be exuberant, when I want to be, or I can just be like, blah, fun, blah, high energy. I love hyping people up. But for me, myself, for every time I like hype someone else up, I'm like tearing myself down internally. And I'm very much looking forward to the day where I'm not doing that. And I am able to validate my feelings and tell myself it's okay. Or I tell myself it's okay now, but I actually just, I don't feel it yet. I feel like I am unworthy of many things in my life. I feel like I'm unworthy of this podcast being successful. I feel like I'm unworthy of friendships, having gone through some transitional periods with people I considered friends in the past and feeling like I'm not worthy of love. I've gotten to the point in my life, and I feel like it's always been this kind of thing in my life, where it just seems like, and I know this is like fucking stupid, but comparing myself to others and seeing other people being in happy or so-called happy relationships and feeling loved and feeling validated and having that person to rely on when they're going through something at the end of the day. And that really has never been the case for me. It is truly always, I don't want to say always, but it's really at the end of the day, it's just me. And it has always been that way. 
I feel like normal people are like always in relationships and then they have like little pockets of being single versus me. It's like, nope, I am always that single friend or I am always that friend who's just doing her, which I love being independent and I love not being reliant on someone or having someone else's moods dictate how I'm feeling that day. But I really just, I feel like I'm missing out on that companionship. Oh, wow. We're really just going to treat this like my therapy session and we're not even going to get into anything spooky, even though we definitely are going to get into spooky things. I promise you spooky things are about to happen, but we're just talking about my spooky trauma. And just to give you a background as far as where I'm at mentally, mentally, October has always been my favorite month. I mean, obviously gay gas spooky. So I'm the kind of person where when it's October 1st, people in my life will text me like, oh my God, happy October 1st. It's your month, blah. And I'm like, fuck yeah, it is. But I don't know. It just doesn't feel like October. It doesn't feel like my favorite time of year, which also makes me sad. So I hope by doing this show, it helps me come back to my spooky roots and to like feel validated and to not feel alone. I'm so grateful for the people in my life that have always been there for me that I reach out to. But like, you know, low key feel like a burden because even when I'm going through like pockets of joy or I'm doing okay for a day or two, I always come back to like being sad or feeling isolated or feeling unworthy or just feeling not lovable. I don't know. Shout out to my friends who even though we're not in the same cities, continuously reach out to me and help me like get out of those mindsets. Yeah, I'm back to the point where I don't like to be alone with my own thoughts. Yeah, that's why I'm always listening to podcasts or even like sometimes music. It's not enough because then like when I have music on, I think of things or it makes me sad or like whatever, whatever. So like podcasts make me feel like I'm not alone and I'm like listening to friends talking and I just feel like comforted in that way. So if this podcast can make anyone feel less alone, then that would fucking make my heart so truly happy. Even if we have one listener, if that one person can like listen to this before they go to sleep and know you're going to be okay when you wake up in the morning and yeah, life can be tough, but you're going to get through it. And dude, I fucking hate that connotation. I hate the connotation of having to get through life. When will we stop surviving and start thriving? I don't know when that's going to happen. Hopefully sooner rather than later. I feel like I'm always waiting for the future instead of just like being in the moment. (laughs) So we're definitely going to work on riding those emotional waves. And it's okay when sad, anxious feelings come up and they're not going to be there forever. So y'all, thank you for listening to my little my little emotional backstory as far as where I'm at mentally. Mentally, we're taking it one hour at a time. We're reaching out to friends. We are validating ourselves for doing the small things throughout the day, like getting out of bed, showering, doing your job, <laughs> Just doing the things that will hopefully one day make you feel like you are safe, you are supported, you are loved. 
And I'm just here to tell you, you are all of those things. You are all spooky, spooky queens. Even if you don't think you're a spooky queen, you definitely are because you're listening to this podcast. So thank you so much for that. All right, let's finally get into what I want to talk about this week for the Gay Gas, a spooky podcast. (gasps) I love doing that. I will never get tired of it. So when I was thinking about doing this first episode, one, I was so fucking anxious because I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to fill up this space? How am I going to be informative or entertaining enough to have people want to listen to it? And you know what? Fuck it. Maybe you'll do want to listen to it and maybe you won't want to listen to it, but that's okay. If you don't try, you won't get anywhere. So hopefully as time progress, this will become more comfortable for me. I'll have more fun doing this because right now I'm just like so anxious and I'm so, I feel so tight because I don't want to let anyone down and I just want to make everyone proud of me, but I'm proud of myself for fucking at least trying. So that's all we can do. Am I right? Am I right? I don't know if I'm right, but anyway. So when I was trying to think about what I wanted to do for this first episode, it just took me back uh, to Ghost. And that was our first episode of the Gay Gas Podcast in winter. We were talking about paranormal experiences and ghosts. And I didn't want to redo a ghost episode because I'm like, been there, done that, even though there's so much to talk about. But when I was thinking about it more, I was thinking about my personal experiences growing up with ghosts. And it wasn't even about ghosts in particular. It was about, for me, my home growing up was really terrifying. During the day, obviously it was fine. But at night, I was always afraid of what was going to happen or what would happen when I go to sleep. It was an old house, so it made a lot of noises and the pipes, et cetera. So there's always that kind of going on. But every time I would go to sleep, I would make my eyes really tight and I'd be like, okay, you're not going to experience anything. You're not going to see anything. And then oftentimes I would wake up in the middle of the night and for some reason, I would look in the corner of my room and just be really scared or experience, I don't know, this feeling of dread. And I don't know why, but I do know to the effect of that, I am now 30 years old. And if I wake up in the middle of the night, I don't look around anymore. I feel like this is a personal philosophy in life. I'm not saying it's good, but if you don't look for something, you won't find it. So when I wake up in the middle of the night, I don't look around right? I don't look in the corner of the room. I don't look in the hallway because I feel like if you're going to look for something, you're going to find something. And bitch, I don't want to find anything. I don't want to see it. So I wanted to do some research and figure out why are houses inherently haunted? I'm the kind of person and I'm sure there's going to be many an expert that can tell me how I'm wrong, which I would love to learn because I am very proud of myself when I say I don't know many things. I hardly know anything. So I just think, or I have this thought that ghosts don't necessarily follow you. For some reason, I feel like if you have a paranormal experience at your house, if you just get out of your house, if you're out in the world, if you go somewhere, it won't necessarily follow you versus when you're in your home, ghosts or spirits or entities are more attached to homes. 
So that's why I wanted to do some research for this week's topic about haunted houses and what makes homes scary and creepy and unsettling. It's so funny. I think when you go back to our fundamental human needs of shelter, we rely, and at least I know for me, I rely on my home being a safe space where I can be comforted, where I can feel grounded. I don't know, pros and cons, pros and cons, because sometimes I'm like, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be at home. I don't, I don't want to be in my own thoughts. But it's nice to have that grounding kind of space. So it's so unsettling. And I think it makes so much sense why people get so afraid of haunted houses. Because if you can't go home, if you're afraid of your home, then bitch, where the fuck else are you going to go? Where are you going to turn to? I don't know. So I did some light research, you know, as I do, no deep dives. And I wanted to know how haunted houses became creepy. Like when did this happen? So I found out, and once I started doing this research, I was so freaking happy because I'm like, oh my God, it all makes sense. It was meant to be. Victorian homes. When I think about a haunted house, I think about a creepy Victorian home and just being decrepit and just being old and stuffy and just being filled with ghosts and dark and decrepit. So I wanted to find out why I was thinking that thought when it came to haunted houses. Like why are Victorian homes considered creepy? So just to give you like a little context as far as like what a Victorian home looks like, some classic features, they're two to three stories, right? They have a wooden exterior on the outside, it looks very complicated and asymmetrical shapes. They have decorative trims. They have very steep towers and roofs. And your eye goes so many places when you look at an old Victorian home. Sometimes they're vibrant colors. They look very ostentatious. And I wanted to figure out how Victorian homes became a thing. Also, bitch, I didn't even fucking know why were they called Victorian homes. Did you know why they were called Victorian homes? I didn't fucking know. So apparently it had to do with the time period of when Queen Victoria was in charge, right? So she was in charge from 1830 to 1910, which makes so much sense because when I think about Victorian homes, I think of the late 1800s, early 1900s when they were popping off. And Victorian homes, they symbolized wealth. They symbolized thriving in life. Like if you had a Victorian home, if you had so much money, you wanted to display your wealth. You wanted to be like, hey world, look at me. You're like, my home has freaking towers. My home has all these doily features. And then when they started becoming out of favor, which I thought was really interesting, why they stopped being beautiful and started being creepy. So after World War I, which was like what, from 1914 to 1918? Sure, let's go with that, 1918. After World War I, when soldiers were coming home, looking back at Victorian homes, it literally symbolized everything that they were against. Extreme wealth and greed, and it was just kind of like fake facades. Just because you had all this money and you look like on the outside your shit didn't stink, They knew at the end of the day, it was all bullshit just to have all this kind of fucking wealth. And then especially in the early 1900s, as we started going towards more urbanization, Victorian homes were not it. They symbolized everything that was old, everything that just wasn't modern. And I think it's so interesting to think about like Victorian homes on the inside versus what's popular nowadays. Nowadays, it's all about open concept. It's all about light 
bright, airy, no clutter. But then when I think about Victorian homes, I think about everything that's dark. There was a room for everything, but everything was a very specific room, right? There was no such thing as open concept. So that also has to go with, you never knew what was around the corner. All the rooms were so divided. You would like hear someone was in a different room, but you couldn't see them because of this very closed off concept. There were so many hallways and doorways and twists and turns and stairs. There was nothing airy about it. It feels very claustrophobic. And I was even finding out why they have so many drapes. Not that much light coming through. It's because a lot of these homes had very expensive wood furniture and they didn't want it to get sun damage. So they had curtains closed most of the time, which again, very stuffy and makes it very fucking depressing. And then when I was doing this research about famous Victorian homes, I got so friggin' excited when I saw one of the most famous depictions in art of Victorian homes was done by my boy, Edward Hopper. I lost my shit. I'm like, this is it. This is the universe telling me I need to talk about this topic. It is all making sense. It is a true full circle moment. Okay, so you're like, bitch, who's Edward Hopper? And let me tell you, let me tell you. He's most famous for his painting called Nighthawks, and it has a couple people sitting at a dark diner. I was telling my sister about it, and she's like, oh my God, you know, the one with like uh, Marilyn Monroe and shit? And I'm like, no, 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 no. And I didn't realize why I love Edward Hopper stuff, but it makes sense after I've done more research. And I'm like, wow, that's fucking dark. So his paintings are really known for their feeling of isolation. It always has like one or two people and it makes you feel very isolated when you're looking at these people, which makes me very sad. And I'm just like, oh shit, it all makes sense. So one of the most famous depictions of Victorian homes is his painting entitled House by the Railroad, which he did in 1925. Bitch, out of all the fucking artists in the world, out of all the time periods, my boy, Edward Hopper, he did the House on the Railroad. And I'm just like, ugh. So if you look at this painting, it is fucking it. It literally depicts everything you think about when you think about a Victorian home. And it just by the shadows of the time of day, it looks like early afternoon, about to be twilight with the shadows. And then it has a railroad in front of the house, making it seem like there is this house by itself that's kind of been forgotten as society keeps evolving, keeps getting more modern, hence the railroad. And this old house by itself in the middle of fucking nowhere, it just depicts what you think of a Victorian home. When you think of Victorian home, I don't think "Mm, warm, cozy. I think of Ooh, creepy, unsettling, ghost, haunted past. And that's another thing to note with Victorian homes. Back then, a lot of people died in their homes. And then we didn't have funeral homes. So then you would literally have viewings of your deceased loved one in the home. So going back to Edward Hopper's painting, when you see this painting, you're like, oh my God, yeah, creepy Victorian home. Like that makes so much sense. It also kind of looks familiar. So then I was doing more research on that and I'm like, bitch, it all makes fucking sense. So this one fucking painting inspired Alfred Hitchcock's psycho home. Bitch, Victorian home on the hilltop next to the motel where his mother lived. Like, 
Norman Bates, ooh, mom in the window, no. Talk about unsettling, talk about vacant, talk about, it just always has to do with a past. Nothing about Victorian homes seem comforting. It seems haunted, it seems empty. So this painting not only inspired the psycho home, it then inspired the Adams family home. Like what? Okay, 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 okay. So I will say I've always loved the Adams family. Case in point, my black cat is named Wednesday. Yes. So always love the Adams family. And I actually always love the Adams family home. It just always seemed so much fun. So it inspired that home. And then the third home that it inspired, and I'm like, oh my God, it just like makes so much sense is the Beetlejuice house, literally the unsettling. And for some reason, I think it's so funny how I think, okay, so the psycho home, fuck that shit. And then you have Adam's family. I'm like, oh, I fucks with her. That's cute. That's a vibe. That's spooky. But then you have the Beetlejuice home. And I'm like, no, the Beetlejuice home always seemed so unsettling to me. I think even when it was cute when Gina Davis, when they were alive, that was cute. That was cozy. But then when our girl Moira Rose came in from Schitt's Creek, oh my God, Moira, we love you. And then just made it so cold and so modern. And then the weird angles and the juxtaposition of everything, it just, like it just didn't make you feel warm. But that kind of goes back to Victorian homes. So I love that this one painting was the inspiration for so many iconic haunted movies. Ah, ah, I'm so happy that I found out that fun fact. And then something that I love to do, doesn't have to do with Victorian homes. It's just anytime I move into a new space, I definitely sage it to clear out negative energies. And I'm not saying it works. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but I feel like it not not works. So many Native American and indigenous cultures, they practice saging, which is like the burning of sage. And it is said to purify space, to get rid of negative energies and to promote healing. And for the longest time, I wasn't even saging correctly. I'm like, bitch, you had one fucking job. Didn't even realize I was doing it wrong. So when you sage, you want to make sure you open up some windows or some doors to let those energies out. Because apparently when you sage and you don't open up a window or door, you're trapping all that chaotic energy in, but it needs to be released somewhere. So when you sage, you definitely want to open up a window. And like I said, you can believe it or you don't have to believe it. But if there's something you can do to create a clearer, safer space then why the fuck not? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes when you walk into a space or you walk into a home, you're like, ooh, this feels heavy. This feels negative. It feels like a haunted house. So I definitely recommend going out to your local witch shop and getting some sage and clearing all that negative energy out. So I think it's that point of the episode where I still want to do a fuck, Mary kill because it cracks me up and I think it's just so, so, so silly. So this week I wanted to do a fuck, Mary kill for, okay, fuck, Mary kill. The psycho home, the Adams family home, Beetlejuice home. And I got my answers and I'd be so curious to see, reach out to me on Instagram, Gaycast podcast, because I want to know your answers. So I would right off the bat fucking kill the psycho home. That was one of the first horror movies I saw as a kid. And it's so unsettling. The mom in the basement. No, there's many moments in that movie that were terrifying. I remember at the end of the film where 
the mother's personality took over Norman Bates and he's sitting in the police station and he's like, something, something, I wouldn't even harm a fly. And and he smirks and it's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. Highly recommend looking up that clip because like it's still unsettling to this day. So for those reasons, dead mom in the basement, murder, kill, no, move on. We're not doing her. I would then fuck the Beetlejuice home because that whole like day oh none day oh daylight come also that song is so fucked up about banana workers that's so fucked up but for that vibe it'd be fun it'd be spooky it'd be weird but it would be like a fucking good time so I would fuck that home because also Moira yeah yeah and then I would absolutely marry the Adam Stanley home. Gomez and Morticia, one, they're just fucking goals. I love their spooky love for each other. And it's so dark and so creepy. And like, I love that for them. Yeah. So those are my answers. Kill the psycho home. Marry the fuck out of the Adams family home. And then fuck the Beetlejuice home. Because that'd be weird. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, thank you so much for listening to me this week on the Gay Gas Spooky Podcast. I know that was a light dive into haunted homes and Victorian homes, and hopefully that will inspire you to do more research on your own. And then let me know because I love learning these fun facts. What? There's so much we don't know out there, and a lot of people do know things, so we got to do the research to find that out. Please like, rate, subscribe. Y'all, I'm really excited to be back. Thank you for being on this journey with me. And I'm excited. I'm excited. Love y'all so much. Bye.